spidey senses tingling. Really big shoe. Don't tug on Superman's cape. Don't spit into the wind. Don't pull the mask off that old Lone Ranger. And don't mess around with Slim. He's the host of the Paper Keg Podcast. Coming in hot. Episode 256. Two Maybe. 55. Welcome back to Paper you know, I'm Keg. I'm off my game. There's no music. We're doing this all behind the scenes. <laughs> Jensen tearing the kimono oh apart. The fourth just, wall is just <laughs> is just obliterated. Uh, Paper keg podcast this week. It's going to get emotional. Dark Knight, a true Batman story. And then we'll read your letters live. To close out the show. Hopefully not a 30-minute segment. You know, we'll see how it goes. The fans, they love us. I, I appreciate it. We're running out of tape as it is. You know, we might just edit Jonesy out of the show just to proceed. We'll see how it goes. By choice. By choice. <laughs> uh, three living hosts for this podcast. Last week, we had one of our hottest shows ever. I had to call in more servers, you know, at our server farm. I had to get the new servers in. To maintain the downloads. Jonesy was like, you know, he was like the Joker at the top of the, the, the Acme plant. You know, and he's like, we're going to send him through a whole new door. And he waves his arm. Remember that scene? I do. <laughs> I do. And then Batman comes in with Gatlin guns. <laughs> so uh, you're a writer. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back to by the trade. show. By trade. Almost by trade. I'm a writer, you know? Yeah, by trade. I write my password into my computer every day. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have like a I Word doc up, uh, on your computer or like a notepad with all your passwords written down or like under your keyboard too? Uh, I feel like I shouldn't answer that question. <laughs> what I do is I just use the, I use the capitalized letter of the month. Hold on, hold. Let's let's pause there. Well, I don't oh, need to oh know gosh. anymore. We don't need right. to know oh. anymore. Let's move on. It's it's just a delight having you here, Jonesy Loves Beer. Thank you, thank you so much. Not a writer. Uh, I am a published uh, Sting fan now, a Peter Gabriel fan. I went and saw them live oh, yeah. at the former Tweeter Center. It's now the BB&T oh, Center, easy you know, to remember. Canada Waterfront. And uh, so now I'm published by them as a fan. So, right, you, you know, were, dream come true. pre-show, you were cock of the walk about the amount of views that one of your Instagram video has. Can you mm-hmm. walk us through that before we introduce our next host? I mean, sure. just the amount of your your brand is on fire right now. I mean, typically, I take a video of my son doing something cute, 14 views, 15 views. You know, yeah. I take a, a video of uh, if I ever lose my faith in you by Sting to open up his show, tag in the old BB&T Center. What you do is you can tag your location and Instagram, 698 views as of the recording of this podcast. I hope everyone's taking notes for the it's social like media. 7 million percent mm-hmm. to plan. <laughs> You know, the percent effective is through the roof. We have uh, one final remaining host. He's the VP of merch. He runs our Facebook. There was some activity this week. Uh, I was stunned. I got some notifications that there was activity on our Facebook page. VP of social media. He runs the whole show. He also was at this Yidge concert. The social media branding was through the roof. Welcome back, Dale underscore A. Yeah, thanks for, obviously, thanks for having me back. I'm ever, ever grateful. Yeah, the, uh, you know, when you're always on brand and you're always trying to promote yourself and the show, you don't turn it off, not for an instant. Now, what Jonesy did, it's in his, I mean, Jonesy whipped out his phone and he just, you know, the natural inclination was just hit record mm-hmm. and, and yep. to see the Tell magic come out. Every th- little thing that Jonesy does is magic. and Everything you, Dale, just turns me on. Is that a lyric from a song? No, we just made that up. Because that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's from Sting and the Police. Oh. Um, and, uh, yeah, we had a great time in, uh, to, see Cam- 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 to see Camden, New Jersey. 
beautiful Canton, in all New of Jersey. its glory. Uh, to see the the concert, I mean, we were just we couldn't help ourselves but sing into a blackened camera, mm-hmm. pitch black, <laughs> almost completely, almost completely dark. Like I had somehow been able to mute the video. Isn't there Bricks. a flash that you can turn on for those for those for there, those videos? There probably is, although it's uh, you know pretty clear at this point, this juncture that I don't know how to work it. You know, if you go that's, back to my history, yeah, of, that's probably uh, written down on his passwords <laughs> notebook, note paper. The instructions to do that underneath his keyboard. Right, I'm going to pull back the kimono. They're actually written in the back of my my redacted policy book. Oh, oh boy. On the back page, we'll, we'll keep you, the veil book, of redacted could, if we if we really need to. Let's just pretend that that yeah. Atlanta press of Atlantic City article never happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You get Edward Norton and Robert De Niro in there, uh, busting in the redacted hub, looking for your piece of paper, bro. Come on, it all you it, they piece it together. These smart ones. Is that from? Are you making a reference to the score? Yeah. Do you remember? I read. Uh, some lame I was I I enjoyed that movie at the time but I remember reading that the only reason Ed Norton did that movie was he was contractually obligated oh, to man. do that movie he wouldn't do it with De Niro and Brando as the two big didn't want to do it I mean the movie was really terrible if you go back and watch it hmm. but maybe we should do that for the podcast see if see if it holds oh, based up based on the comic book the score <laughs> Ed Norton did something with comics at one point he was in the Hulk <laughs> he walked by a comic book shop at some point yeah uh, just a reminder, very shortly, mere moments away, our book club this week, Dark Knight, a true Batman story from DC Comics, a book unlike any you've read from DC, I, I am willing to bet. Now, uh, Dale and I, you know, we talk offline, you know, we, we yeah. chat, yeah, energy it's, chats, it's RM messages, whatever you have, and we're talking about, um going to fitness classes in the morning 6 a.m is probably too late for dale he's up way earlier than that get those kids to school i don't know how he does it what about um so i was trying to think of other things you could do what about that x doesn't xbox i know they just like quote unquote discontinued xbox fitness but aren't there other like gosh games maybe you could try see if they work out you could just do that whenever wake up an hour earlier what do you think it's not a bad idea yeah i know i didn't think of that i know I didn't know they discontinued "quote unquote" Xbox Fitness, but uh, that's something I could look into and see if they're just going to keep the videos hanging around. Maybe mm-hmm. they certainly never promoted it, so I forgot I had it. Um, friend was telling me about the twenty-one day fix. It's a uh, it's from the P ninety X people. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I'm going to get into videos or anything like that, but if Xbox offers something free where I can get a little more than an elliptical workout in. I mean, uh, I'd be. It's not a bad idea. I don't know if it would be free, and I think Xbox Fitness is going away in 2017. But I think they're just announcing it now. Mm. I mean, I think it'd be even worth it for like, let's just say, games 50 bucks. I know it's not going to be 50 bucks, but that's right. only one charge, 50 bucks, as opposed to paying upwards of 100 dollars a month for several months. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Do they still make fitness games? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they still do, but I feel like. Whatever is available now is probably mm. still better than nothing, or better, maybe better than the probably better than the elliptical. Honestly, yeah, if I really set my mind to it, yeah, I really really get into burning those cows, get those cats out of the way, pissing everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I probably end up doing push-ups in my palm of my hands, just sopping in wet carpet piss pee. I mean, that's what. I look forward to it's a banner. Mo- it'd be a banner morning in the underscore household. <laughs> now, Gen Z, generally we have this segment for your live production. You know, you like to throw in your segments out of nowhere, not even discussing it with anybody. But we're running out of tape. You know, and there's rumors of Rocket League this evening. Oh, gosh. Mm, so yeah. we might need to plow through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Into our book club this week, Dark Knight: A True Batman Story by Paul Dini, and none other than Eduardo. Risso. So, uh, I'm going to be real with you guys right now. Mm-hmm. I struggled uh, if I should even synopsize this book because I feel like for me to do my one of my dumb rambling synopsis that I was doing a, a, a very high level of disrespect Huge. Uh, to this work. So, I'll just say this. Uh, in my 
probably 20 some odd years of reading this medium I've never never read a book that was so raw emotionally and so limitless in depth so that even like words like amazing or incredible uh, don't do this work justice. Uh, you know, it's simply the story of Paul Dini and him getting through not only a, a big event of, in his life, but kind of getting over his way of life. It's an incredible book and just happens to feature Batman as a supporting character. So that intro was sponsored by Pemmican Beef Jerky. <laughs> you can't bite just one piece of meat. <laughs> Pemmican. If it's dried beef. <laughs> if it's dried meat you're looking for, mm-hmm. Pemmican is your man. The Dark Knight, I I don't remember how I found out about this. I think I just remember seeing the cover and Risso drew it. And I was like, yes, I'm in. Love his work. Guy's a legend. Legend. And then you dig a little deeper and you find out that it's Paul Denny tells a story in this book and it's not just that but it breaks the fourth wall you know he he is a character in the book he opens it up talking to you or someone off panel about his life and a moment in his life that you know where he got like mugged and it almost destroyed him as a young writer writing for the batman animated series and and then he used the batman you know rogues gallery and bat more more so batman himself to attempt to come back to normal and i i honestly loved it i thought i it was such a groundbreak maybe not groundbreaking but groundbreaking for a mainstream dc book right storytelling style where paul denny is talking to you and telling the story and not only that but artistically they take a lot of chances with, you know, animation style as a way to tell the story and just took many chances. And I feel like they all paid off. Yeah. It was, uh, firstly, it was really cool to see this, uh, uh, super slice of life, but like a, there's a, there's a conflict in, in Dini's life and to be able to see it licensed for him to be able to use the characters that were so close to him at the time and so close to him in his lifetime uh, to, to, to help tell the story was really kind of a cool thing for DC to do, you know? Just because they let it happen mm-hmm. was amazing. I mean, this is 126 pages of unbridled emotion. Mm-hmm. And when I, you know, when I typically read a book club for this show, you know, I'll often take a break or walk away from something, come back and finish it or fall asleep with it. I I popped this open last night and I I was like laser focused on every page. Something about this story, I mean, this real life story, I mean, the world around me went away. And I was that person that he was speaking to off panel. Mm. And when you, when I ended, you know, I clicked my iPad off and I just kind of sat there in silence for 10 minutes. Like, it's like a life changing book because while Paul is laying himself bare, like truly bare for anyone to examine him, which is, you know, a grown man that's terrifying to lay yourself bare and let anybody who wants, you know, be a commentary on your life you start thinking about your life and things you've been through and would you have enough integrity to not only realize you know that something terrible has happened to you and that you need to turn it around and make your life better and i mean that's just the world the word profound does not describe the effect that this book had on me just amazing yeah it's I I couldn't help but think the entire time I'm reading this very factual story and he's opening up his heart and he's like, it could have been anything, right? I mean, it could have been like, if for him to open up like that and, uh, and to have such a, uh, an, uh, an effect 
on the reader's feelings is just incredible because like it could have been a way worse story if if something way worse happened to him but, but I mean he got mugged he had to have surgery but he was able to nail the feelings of like inag- inadequacy and he just questioned he pulled into question everything that he had in his life and to use the Batman characters the way they did. I mean, he he was writing the Batman animated series at the time. So he's just nonstop. He's probably working 14 hours a day and these characters are just sw- swimming in his head constantly. So they're definitely they definitely like play a key part in that time in his life. And the only thing that I could think of was how it connected to the reader and and to me because we all have those moments where like it or not, you can just remember beat for beat everything about a story that makes your stomach turn and how things could have gone in a different direction either way had you, uh, like in his instance, had you just made a, a quick snap decision or did something differently split seconds or minutes before the event went down. It may not have been a mugging, it may have been breaking up, or it may have been, you know, being in a situation you'd rather not have been in, or an argument with somebody, but it just made me think of how, like, events like that make up your life, like it or not, because you can remember this stuff, and, and like I said, it just makes you queasy to think back on these moments but you have to learn to just like it just becomes a part of you because you have to live with it because what's done is done the i i generally hate when books kind of like flashback like i don't know, we have to go back to the beginning when i was younger i kind of just like yawn when that happens but paul shows himself as a young boy who you know viewed himself as invisible to the rest of the world and to like the friends that he didn't have and his escape was going home and using his imagination to create worlds of characters that he loved, like with characters that he loved when he saw the Batman TV show. And, and he always remarked about how people bullied him at school and he always had like the perfect comeback, you know, hours later, but he never mm-hmm. was ever able to make it happen in real time. And that, like, I felt like that was such a huge connection to, you know, a large majority of the comic reading audience can relate to something like that where, you know, they're, they're not with, they're not in a group that accepts them or it's very difficult for them eventually to find that group. And he eventually did obviously in writing for Warner brothers, but there were, there were so many story beats where you connected with that young boy and then he had terrible luck with women. He had the one like supermodel, woman that he was like thinking that he was dating and it's just not working out but he sticks with it for so long because he thinks it should work out and this is like his one chance even though it's terrible and then she says that one thing at dinner and you just like feel sick for paul denny (laughs) like at that point because most people have been there but and just like and just like paul denny most people like even going through through that humiliating conversation, he still like has one. He still wants to try one last time. Mm-hmm. Like he's still in some sort of disbelief, and it's just like, man, that's like, that's what when you don't have confidence or you don't have like the ability to stand up for yourself. That's the kind of crap people deal with, even as grown ass grown ass people. And, and probably the most heartbreaking is when he finally realizes that he needs to walk away he walks right into the fight of his life yep right into the mugging like it, it yeah like that's mm-hmm. the moment he's like i can't do this anymore i'm out and then he he decides to walk back to his car or walk back to his apartment rather, uh, apartment rather and that's when he gets mugged i mean but, talk about but going he through decides, the low but he didn't even decide to walk back to his apartment he decided to like make her think he was walking to to meet right. somebody else like so he just took a, a a turn that he normally wouldn't take in his own neighborhood so like that's got to 
make you feel like a D because mm. that's what got you mugged. You know what I mean? Like that's how, how could he not think that 20 years later, how could he not have that run through his mind? Like if I didn't, if I had the bees to stand up for myself and not even try one last ditch effort to like make her turn around in the car and finally like see the light, like that's that that stuff would eat at you if you let it. Yeah, the mugging scenes itself were obviously brutal. What happened to him was very brutal. And his like eye socket was like disintegrated essentially. Like I don't even know how he was able to just like not be in total pain at that point. And some of the other scenes coming back to the supermodel relationship, I can't remember if it was his sister or uh was was the one character the voice of Harley Quinn? Yeah, Harley Sorkin yeah. was one of his close friends. And I can't remember who said it to him, but he was thinking back to another failed relationship that ended up being kind of a you know, the way he tells it, a shallow woman who was just in it to become more successful. And I think it was his sister that throws it back at him. I'm like, well, you know, what did you expect exactly out of the relationship from your perspective? Like you were just in it to show off this woman at this party. So, you know, maybe you were both in it for the same reasons. And I was reading, I was like waiting for, for another point of view from that perspective. And I think it was his sister, but it like was totally accurate. And it was, it was hard for him to accept that fact as well, because he wasn't even thinking that Mm -hmm. for so long. It really grips you, and and one of the um, like forward blurbs, like the one of the promotional blurbs on the book is from Neil Gaiman, and he's like, it totally shouldn't work, but it does, and the way he like seamlessly has has these conversations with the, you know Batman's rogues and with Bruce Wayne and Batman, it just kind of like works, and it's not like it's he's not crazy, it just fits the mood that he's currently in like he's conversating with the right person who's who's kind of like questioning his motives and what he's what's going through his head right now and it helps like that helps come across in a in a graphic story format the way it did and and for yeah. them to be like the real characters it's it's just really like a classy move it's really cool the um right after the mugging he you know, goes in, he uses his imagination and he disappears into a discussion with Batman about what happened and he's in the Batcave in a Lazarus pit while Alfred and Batman are discussing with him, like, you know, if you, maybe you worked out, you could have been able to beat up these muggers, you know, just put put the time in and at the end, he kind of just, like, escapes the Lazarus pit and, like, in the internal mind, he's like, I know the Batcave doesn't have a Lazarus pit, but you know, in this moment it, it did. Right. I just thought those scenes were so well done where it, it seamlessly shifted into a discussion with a fictional character and it didn't seem out of place at all. No, that, no, that's right. It, it didn't seem out of place. It just worked and it wasn't super heavy with it. Like he, it wasn't this fantastical world where he's conversating with Batman and his co- cohorts for half the book it's not even that it's very realistic book with like guest appearances by these batman characters at the right time that just makes the whole book work on this level that just adds to the graphical storytelling of it all especially since that's like the characters he was working on at the time so it's so Mm -hmm. personal to him to be able to to use those characters in question. And it's so cool how he remembers like first discovering Batman in the comic book at that barber shop when he's like seven or something like that. How cool was it that during this time frame, and even he talks to the reader about how, you know, I hope you're not expecting a large deep dive into the history of the animated series because <laughs> yeah. it's worth it. Like it deserves that, but this isn't that book. And when he was mugged, they were working on Batman mask of the phantasm scripts but at the time it was called just Batman Masks. And was it Alan Burnett who was the, I, I believe the executive the story editor? Yeah. Or whatever. And he was talking about how his vision for the Batman film was, you know, we never get to spend time with Batman, you know, and in a romantic relationship. He's like, the whole movie is going to be about this. It's going to be great. So it was so 
amazing to see them discussing their plans for Mask mm-hmm. of the Phantasm. It was at the time it was called Batman Masks. And during the writing of that, you know, he was responsible for a few scenes, but he ended up dropping out because he didn't want to write about Batman saving someone's life at the time since the mugging was so real. And I was actually worried. I was like, is he going to get fired from, you know, mm-hmm. writing Mask of the Phantasm the whole time? And there was a great scene where he eventually does come back. And I think it was Burnett uh, that was excited. And I hope it is Burnett. Um, that he was excited that he was finally back and he does that like fist pump in the hallway. I thought that was a really <laughs> great scene. Yeah, that was, that was, I mean, that, the climax of the book, I don't know if you can really call it, say this book has a climax because it's kind of a snapshot to this guy's life, but he's out with his sister, you know, and I, I, you know, thank God for his sister because she really pulls him out of the darkness in this book. And they're so shopping So does together. Harley Quinn too. Arlene, yeah, Arlene uh, Sorkin also, and um, he he says something, I can't remember the detail at this point, but he's talking to a clerk, and he says, you know, I, you know, I did Tiny Toons and, you know, and Batman, they're like, well, listen, you know, we love Tiny Toons, uh, I think it was his wife has cancer, and that's like what they do to escape, is they just put on this cartoon and they laugh, and that was the moment for Paul when it clicked that this is why I'm here. Not to satisfy some childhood drive, but to do this for people. Mm-hmm. And he has such a renewal of energy. It's like that renewal feels like it could re- renew you. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you could take that and be like, when you go to work tomorrow, there's something different about you. Like that's, And that's such a lucky moment for him. And I'm glad as like a fellow human that he got to experience that. Mm. You know? There was also a a different vibe in his upbringing and how his family viewed his work of writing and in animation, which you don't usually get often, which is that of a supporting family. You know, they support your your work and they support what you love. And that scene where I think it was his grandfather or his uncle where he visited the hospital who was dying – and he didn't know what to bring him or what to talk about. And he brought this animation cell of a, of an episode he worked on and he was just expecting, you know, him to just say whatever. Yeah. Thanks. And after a long time, you know, he looks over to Paul and he's like, well, it's not signed. And it like, I I think Paul was crying in that scene, but like that was such a beautiful moment where your family, any family member just shows you that, they support you. They, you know, they're not going to be negative about what you love and they're there for you. I thought that was probably one of the most beautiful scenes in the book. Yeah. And this grandfather owned like seven restaurants in Boston. Like he just worked his butt off to put his kids and his grandkids through schooling. And he was probably just never had a day off. And he, he, there's this guy who's like working on cartoons, you know, coming out of college, his grandson. He's probably. Like he, it was so cool to see that classy response from his grandfather. It was really great. And the other two, there's two really great things where he really like parts the kimono back on his time working with Batman. He had the bat. He reveals a st- an idea he had for a Batman story with Sandman and Death in an episode. And also, I thought of Jonesy, the uh, the Batman Beyond plot, where uh, mm-hmm. he talked about. Uh, Batman eventually it was it would be reveal, revealed in a Batman Beyond episode but Bruce Wayne basically just builds a, a, a concrete cell in the Batcave and keeps Joker there and for for Bruce as long as he can hear the Joker laughing in there every day he knows Gotham is safe I thought that was amazing. That was amazing. I mean, it would would have been too dark even for Batman Beyond <laughs> but what a great idea that was and to see it drawn I thought was even better. Uh-huh. Yeah, because that's the closest you'll get. Like, but you, you know, never made it to storyboards or anything. Anything. So that could. This would have just been, you know, a memory in his head. If it and now it's like documented in this telltale. How about the, the that Sandman story idea? Even for Batman the animated series at the time, I don't know what year or what season it would have been, but mm-hmm. I, like I can't even imagine. I mean. I can't imagine because he his boss told him it was like we can't do this. This this isn't this isn't us. But man, can you imagine like pitching that violent idea and then having these oddball 
Sandman death characters come in out of yeah. nowhere. Like, no wonder it got shot down, but it would have been amazing. Yeah. Well, I think Burnett, again, was like, he's like, this is a good idea, and it, you were right to pitch it, but we can't use it. But, like, even he recognized that it was him pitching that idea was him getting back on the horse. Mm-hmm. Like, it was catharsis for him. Yeah. And, you know, Burnett encouraged it. He, I mean, it must have been a situation where he sat down knowing that he couldn't use the idea, but wanted Paul to get there again. Like, get there to the point where his confidence was there, that he could pitch ideas and be, you know, receptive to criticism. And, I mean, that's also a great ending note of this story. Just that moment, even as small as it was, is another road sign that, that Paul's back, that he's back on track. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a book done in this style but telling the history of Batman the animated series like I want that book so bad <sighs> man alive and it would be like actual drawings of Paul Dini and the writer's room like yeah. like that and they would be like they would be drawing and storyboarding the story out <laughs> it'd be like so meta just like this book was very meta they showed like there were artist artistic renderings of Paul Dini throwing up storyboards of his story about his tale and it, it would be that would be that'd be a great method of storytelling just for for the Batman fans, especially grew up around that time, just to get some more juice. I wonder if I if it's ever been done where they've done. I'm trying to think of an example, but like a roundtable podcast or a roundtable video interview of like you know, the top six people that were involved in Mask of the Phantasm. Mm-hmm. And they just sit and talk for an hour about the production of that movie. And God. the story is like, that's like a, that's a gem of an idea if it hasn't been done yet. I'm going to throw my own con at my house. <laughs> and that's the panel I'm going to set up right in the backyard. God, we should, uh, we like, we got to get that rolling on, uh, I don't know, San con, Diego. maybe all these Let's people all find themselves San Diego. Let's let's email some people. Oh, see what they're all doing. Paul Jonesy loves beer here. Hope all is well. <laughs> Hope we can join us at this at SDCC Hall H. Yeah, I a, mean, it, just be a hotel room, but that'd be fine. <laughs> Most business is conducted, like you know, after parties and Much stuff. Business. Right, continental breakfast. We'll sit around the breakfast table real quick before they kick us out, and we'll we'll record something. Right, dark night. I mean, can't wait for somebody else to be able to. To have the resources to pull this all together, yeah, nerdist Thanks. people or some such, yeah, packs anything packs. <laughs> Jesse, do you even know what packs is? It's the packs show, east, west, south, north, mm-hmm. all all cardinal directions. He's point got, to packs. Oh, he's got a, he's got a point there. Uh, any any other notes on Dark Knight before we move into uh, our letters? Uh, to anyone listening, if you don't follow along with the book club, or if you typically don't pick it up, you just come to the show to hear us talk which is strange read this book out of the whole 250 odd episodes please read this book you're your first never been done before in the history of the show 255 episodes some odd 50 some odd who, who can keep 50 some odd uh, remember when we did the mask of the phantasm for one episode we should do it again <laughs> We got your letters I'm gonna open them up Farrington's gonna read them To you Letters at paperkeg.com You shoot us a letter We might read it on our Our, uh, Very special night uh, also Because we have a Very first time writer To the show Long time, first time. Uh, He writes, I've been in the comics since I was a kid, uh, almost entirely Marvel. The X-Men cartoon hooked me, and my dad and I collected anything and everything X-Men in the 90s. After a break for some years, I got back in around 03, 04, and I was right back into all X-Men, but I started to expand with Bendis on the Avengers and Ultimate Spider-Man. Both good choices. I took another break until a a few years ago, Now I find myself gravitating to certain creators and certain runs on characters that I've been told were good. My questions are, has this happened to you where you have to have creators that can almost do no wrong in your eyes? Uh, My other question is, 
I want to get more into non-Big 2 comics and would love some good places to start. Uh, I just want to thank you for all taking the time to make this podcast. I know it takes time and effort, and I just want you to know I appreciate every bit of it. The constant trolling is hilarious. Uh, my coworkers probably think I'm crazy because I'm constantly laughing. I still don't understand how you guys read so many comics and maintain jobs and houses and families. But hey, whatever you're doing, uh, whatever you're doing keep doing it because I'm a fan. P.S. I'm still out here flying. <laughs> and that comes to us from a uh, new writer of the show, uh, Caleb. Caleb, thanks for writing in. We always appreciate it. It's nice for uh, you know the silent majority uh, to become you know interactive with us. I know that's probably for the most rewarding part for the three of us is mm-hmm. to interact with uh, listeners of the show, friends of the show, if you will. Uh, Replanetary is my mm. recommendation. Even though technically that's big too, if you want to be technical about it. Okay, so no, be still, technical still, about still, me. Rec- still read Fear Agent. Replanetary, uh, recriminal. Re- Actually, you know what? Uh, yeah, what's a great one? What what got me back into it? Dakin. <sighs> Read the first eight issues of Dakin and just wait <laughs> for something to happen because it won't. Watch as he pops uh, pops over <clears throat> a can of soda with his her third underclaw, which is the creepiest <laughs> thing ever. He's, if you want to get real you freaky, Caleb. Go to your local comic shop or library or Amazon, really, and order Pluto. Oh, yeah. The, man- great. the manga. You know, we're not manga readers, but Pluto shot into my top three of all time mm. easily. And you know what is good that is we often forget, but it's a contained story at this point? Why the Last Man by BKV is a great story, I think, for somebody trying to dip their toe into uh, non-superhero waters. If you, uh, there's, I mean, there's obviously references out there, but uh, the friend of the show, Daniel P. Grote, who uh, featured us in an article of the uh, the press of Atlantic City uh, a few months back for Free Comic Book Day, he did a, a, to- a list of all the top comic stories out there. And, uh, I mean, the comic stories that are often highly touted are for a reason. And, uh, you know, if there's a certain genre that you want to break into, maybe look for something on the list there. Or if you have any ideas of, like, what you think you might like, throw some ideas back at us, you know. You could do that. FYI, we're not very active on Facebook, but we are active on Twitter. (laughs) Uh, It's so funny because... This uh, Caleb, I think he might have joined Twitter just to ask us a question uh, because he had the egg avatar and it was like he he DM'd us at or tweeted us. It was maybe one thirty two in the morning and I was several cores deep and I was like, what? Like, are we being hacked right now? What is happening? And I just went to bed without hacked? answering. I didn't know. Like, I was scared because it was just the egg avatar. I apologize. I meant no I didn't think you were uh, on the offensive at that point, Caleb, but I just wasn't sure. I mean, your go-to reaction is someone is on the offensive against me, and I need to get (laughs) ready. I got to be always doing uh, much business to think about how I can protect (laughs) myself, my assets, my Mm -hmm. liquid assets, my team. Yeah. Understood. Also, uh, any, any writers that can do no good, Jason Aaron... Warren Ellis, I mm, think, do I no wrong. Also, do no wrong. <laughs> Next letter. Dale, you got us? I guess you. Thank you for the uh, letter, Caleb. Next letter. By a friend of the show, Tim Van Altreef, part of the Comic Nerds Unite network of podcasts. Give them a, ch- give them a check out when you can. I'm finally caught up on the show after crossing the Atlantic over rough waters on a canoe. That's true. Every year he does like this hardcore canoe trip where he camps and canoes all day for days. Mm. He has to like portage over land God knows how many times. Anyway, I've come to several realizations after mainlining the show. Jonesy is killing on the health kick. Pun intended. He's on good work. The shin kick you might. This, here we go, Dale. This shin kick you might, you have might actually make this a PK 5K a reality. I'm beginning to think that Slim is all talk about ending the podcast. What are you trying to encourage him to enter the pod? 
<laughs> I'm speechless, Tim. Try and do a corner of the market on podcasts. <laughs> Dale Dale seemed to almost ended life there for a bit, but he seems cheered up. I think Rocket League got him through. Or maybe it was Scotty coming back on the, that boosted his morale. Cannot confirm or deny, guys. Do you think I was maybe down and out there for a while? I, I hope were. I don't sound it this time. You're I know I got a couple good ch- chuckles with my vomitorium comment. <laughs> Made myself laugh pretty good. Center in a long stroke. <laughs> is the PK5K real? If it is, I need to know for sure so I can start planning my trip to Philly in August. Party on, Tim Van Altrieve. Uh Yes, guys. The PK5K is a very real thing that the three of us will be experiencing together. But uh, as far as inviting people... Uh, we're going to be actually on a, a little weekend family vacation that weekend, so we're not going to be really doing a PK meetup. We, I mean, it crossed our mind, but since it's integrated with a little vacation and stuff, I don't think mm. we're going to be up yeah. for. Yeah, I would love to have it, but yeah, you know, you know, my marriage can't sustain some kind of vacation interruptus, right? PKM rightus, yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. Well, I mean, we're all here. We're out at the bar the night before the meetup or the, the PK5K and the, the the wives are home with the kids or something. Right. That. Can you imagine a Sunday, you know, pre or post 5K where we say, okay, we're, we're going to go out for a few hours. You guys can handle the kids, right? Right. That the last just... day, the last day of our beach vacation. <laughs> we just sent a group text so we get com linked to the group message. I'm just know? saying it wouldn't go over well for us. Yeah. The uh, the well, thought the for everybody clamoring though for they a five k they're clamoring they're clamoring I'm not sure if they're clamoring for the five k they're they're clamoring for a meetup of some kind I thought you know unofficially you said there would be no meetups in 2016 as the voting members of the PK board I I said that under the assumption that I would have something to do with the planning if it were to happen in 2016 <laughs> I yeah. let me let me rephrase if I have to do any planning for a meetup in 2016 it's not happening. Look, take that take that as, as to, what you will. To bounce that thought off of you, and also thank you for the support, guys. If We really know that some of you would really legit come to New Jersey, Ocean City, New Jersey, to do this, but like if we if we gather if we put something together next time maybe it could be like this epic thing where but mm. we will send out details we'll, we'll be trying to raise money we'll be sending out details very soon but uh, the rest of 2016 I know it's only June but I mean just just when you pepper in the dates where Slim's going to be gone for San Diego Comic Con we have our uh, Q316 vacation away mm. from the uh, away from the wives and children. There's like these random like spikes in time where we won't be around with our families. So to try to try to schedule even more time away, maybe like winter 2016, late fall. You mean 2016. What about like a New York Comic Con? Two hundred hours a week. Like what about like New York Comic Con? We 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 all get together in a New York bar or something. Um, Just an idea. Just throwing out there, Jones. That's always there's always something in October that Jonesy, my son's birthday. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> lame, right? It's not lame. I just I mean, remember it's not that the, it's not the whole something. month, right? No, I think we. I could probably do a day trip up there on the train, and then a, a train ride home. I think I can make that work. We'll see. That, yeah, yeah that might be that might be cool. That might be something we could start thinking about. I know if I don't get a. Uh, press pass like we were denied four or five years ago then i might just be in new york for the meetup but you're not going to find me spending uh, money buying a single day pass on craigslist for 75 dollars for the yeah, new york Comic no Con. parts of me want cons anymore unless it's baltimore to be honest mm-hmm. you know there you have it baltimore god next week no other letters right no other letters next week we don't know Boy, we're we're flying by the seat of our pants these days. Oh, yes. Remember way back when we had like thirty book clubs planned out in advance? <laughs> yeah, it's it's the summer of seat flying, if anything. <laughs> God, was it that long ago we did the summer of swamp thing? Last year? It was last summer. Holy cow. Feels like two months ago we did that. 
This did uh, remind me that, yeah, and you brought it up, but I think we should do what we can do the next Pluto. volume of Sandman soon. Oh, yeah. Mm. But there's so much out there, you know? God, maybe we should do the next volume of Sandman next episode. Let's make it happen. And then we'll volume three or four? Uh, That'd be three. I think three. And then after that, we start the discussion of Pluto again. I just think we nail it down and say, after Sandman, we do Pluto Volume 2. It's too far in advance, I think. The summer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all summer. It's, it's probably like 12 days. It's all it's slow down. Summer. Pluto, let's just let's just talk about it out loud here. If we were to do Pluto, would we do the a la Summer of Swampy, do Summer of Pluto, and then do five straight episodes of Pluto, or would we combine? Because those are kind of quick reads. Are there? We'd have to combine five that. total volumes. Are there six volumes? I think there's six. There's either six or eight. Listen, I am absolutely 100% okay that we do Pluto the entire summer. I think we do no more than three shows in a row with Pluto, personally. Dale always brings me back to Earth, or Pluto, (laughs) as the case may be. (laughs) No. I mean, that is a lot of shows to devote to a little-known manga. Well, maybe we could make it big if we cared enough. I mean, we did do Akira in one episode <laughs> against our better decision-making. 4,000 pages. If we did that, we would have all the uh, graphic novels read in uh, 50 years' time if we just devoted one episode to each and every... I mean, Pluto is a quick read. I'm just throwing it out there. We could do a Pluto mega episode. I'm not interested in reading 900 pages by 12 days from now. I'm telling you, those are quick reads. I mean, if we called it 260 and I had four weeks to prepare. Okay, I'm, I'm into that. Okay that. If we do like a pre-announcement Pluto mega episode and maybe we, re, you know, we obviously reread volume one and include it in the updated discussion. I'm okay with that. And I got eight volumes. Holy Lord. I think, uh, I think that's doable. Let's talk about it offline. Maybe, you know, worst case we do it, we break it up into two episodes, four books each. Right. Right. I think that might be that might be the better call. 260, 261. You got a birthday uh, that weekend? 260, 261? Is it four weeks from now? Oh, yeah. But I'll be in California for my birthday. Maybe the weekend after we can do, uh, you know, some birthday cocktails. Maybe we meet in the middle, Dale. You know, what do you think? Meet in the middle where? Is this in another state? Yeah, like Dale only has to drive an oh. hour up. Mm-hmm. That way he doesn't have to get loaded and try to drive home, you know, two and a half hours. Good Lord. Or he just comes up here and stays the night. He's going to be doing him. Xbox Fitness at 5 a.m. He's probably not even going to have the energy to go out. Well, I, I was thinking the Saturday or Sunday, not Still. like Thursday afternoon. He's going to be doing it every morning. I'll be dragging Although I'm pretty excited if you're, if you're going hardcore Orange Theory. That's pretty amazing. That's a lot of commitment. I know it's probably I'm probably overcommitting, but <laughs> no, why? It's it's listen. You, in my opinion, so take it for what it's worth, because my opinion usually, in a regard, Junk. is a little less than dog s around the paper cake office. Summer of Pluto. <laughs> listen, Summer of dog I jumped. S. I jumped right into Wing Chun. It's a six hour a week commitment, and. I did a cold turkey, and I'm loving every minute, and I have no problem keeping that commitment. Six hours. I didn't know it was that long. Mm-hmm, yep. God bless your wife. <laughs> Tell you what. Well, she likes the results. You know what I'm saying? Oh, sexually? Listen, she likes the results. <laughs> uh, I feel like that would have been a perfect ender, but I, in good conscience, I don't know if I can end a show at 49 minutes. Oh, Do it. Right. Yeah. I think I don't know. I think I think that would I don't know if Dale I don't know if Dale would, would, would send out off. some kind of Patreon apology to the listeners yeah. in a forty nine minute episode. My beehole will be quivering at the uh, 
the replies. The Twitter. But replies. that's a great ender. I think of that this is, at this that point. Really is. Let's do it. I'm hitting stop. Dan, there is live producing. Jonesy's done it. Good. Now, now we don't have his audio from here on out. <laughs> I haven't hit stop. <laughs> so you get my so thinking, emotional. Here's my thinking baby. that it, like helped shaped my decision. Right. Yeah. I need. I want to simulate a little bit more of a, a running experience for this five oh, okay. k. But I can't mm-hmm. run on my road. It'll be like Pet Cemetery out there <laughs> with cars doing 55 down my street. So, like, I wanted this to help build my endurance up a little more than the, like, like the elliptical. I can go strong like an oxen for an hour on a high-resistance yeah, setting. A, a but still, when I'm out there, I, I just think back to when I was running in Lancaster with you. I was sucking air after a, a one lap. Mm-hmm. Like I was dying. So didn't we didn't we talk about this before? Isn't there like a park near you that you could drive to five minutes or something, and then just like run around the park a few times? What's that like sports building that like looks like Area Fifty One near your house? I think it's the airfield. I don't know. Isn't there like a sports complex that I pass? Yeah, that's not open in the, in, uh, time in the morning. Do you know sports complex, pharmacy, and uh, there's, so there's no there's no, there's there's no, no like track or anything there's no or running like a township. No, not not in garbage, pee stinking, stinky a, a South Jersey where I live. It's garbage. No no township building even because township buildings like I think by law they have to build a park by those buildings. That's why you always see those cr- uh, outdoor hockey rinks at those township buildings. Oh yeah, well not in my area. So, I'm yeah. You're right. I'm I'm. You're think helping me think more outside the box though, and that's mm-hmm. good. That's good. That's what I'm here for. So until then, I'll just keep gaining the weight back. <laughs>